Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. From Waterloo, Iowa, going out all around the world on the World Wide Web. Mike Kapler, that's that guy. Joel Brzezinski, that's me. It's the Growing in Grace podcast. Thanks for tuning in and uh, for sharing with people. Easy to do. Of course, on the World Wide Web, uh, social media makes it uh, a really great way to share things. So we're thankful that you've not only listened to us, but uh, shared it with other people as well. I'm Joel Brzezinski. Hope Mike Kapler, that guy right there, is doing good. Hey, even when I'm not, I am. What do you think of that? Did that go over your head? That's too deep for me. <laughs> sounds sounds spiritual. Like even when you sin, you're righteous. Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> well, even when you're not feeling good, you're good. That's that's pretty deep. See, that's that's who I am. I'm I'm deep. Um, not really, <laughs> but uh, I've been in I've been in deep doo doo before. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't need to hear about that. Well, <laughs> it's like our friend Ralph Harris says: I can be shallow as a puddle, and then deep as a well, all within the space of ten seconds. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> well, we've been talking about being, not doing, so let's leave the doo-doo out of it. Um, <laughs> the doo-doo-doo to da-da-da. That's all I don't want to say to you. Oh, brother. Call all right. Boys. So we've been talking about identity, the gift of righteousness apart from works. We could probably just talk about that for weeks on end, but we'll try to move this along here a little bit so we can get even more perspective and some other dimensions on this this new identity that we we have in Christ. You know, Joel, even going back to the beginning of the book, the Bible, Adam, really the, the whole temptation centered on his identity being challenged and Adam being intrigued or enticed with the idea of becoming more like God. And I don't think that that was necessarily a bad motivation on Adam's part. He just didn't believe God. He didn't believe what God said. He didn't trust in what God had told him and what God had warned him about as far as staying away from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that became the tree that all of us would feed off of for a long, long time instead of the tree of life, which represents Christ. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it just really represents our own attempt at morality, which constantly fails. And so that's where that's where Adam ended up. His, his identity was challenged, not unlike Jesus himself, who was also led out into the wilderness for 40 days. And the enemy met him out there and challenged him by saying, if you do this, turn these stones into bread, if you are the son of God. And there's probably nothing wrong, really, in and of itself with turning stones into bread. But you don't do anything. We shouldn't be doing anything to prove who we are as children of God. So this is a, a lifelong thing that we're dealing with in, in understanding and uh, overcoming the, the battle of identity in Jesus Christ. But it's important for us to get it because it, it is not based on how well you perform. It's, it's based on everything that God has done. None of this is going to fall back upon you as far as re redemptive responsibility goes. It, it's, it's all been placed upon the shoulders of Jesus 
and a new government. <laughs> I, I think it was, was it Jeremiah who talked about the new government? The new government would rest, a government of righteousness resting upon the shoulders of the Messiah. Hmm. And that, by goodness, uh, especially with all the political talk these days, and, you know, talk about the government and what various aspects of the government do. Uh, when, when you've got the government upon the shoulders of Jesus Christ, you, there's really nothing to worry about. <laughs> but, but, I mean, aside from that, I mean, you were talking about how Adam, th the problem was that he didn't trust what was already true of him. He was God's child. He was created in God's image, but he thought that there was something more. This knowledge of good and evil was enticing. Adam and Eve didn't have the knowledge of good and evil. They just knew God, but they were enticed to go after this knowledge of good and evil. And I think sometimes in the church today, see, we have become the righteousness of God, like we talked about last week, apart from any good that we've ever done. So all of that is solid and secure, apart from any knowledge of good and evil that we have. But sometimes I think we don't trust, just like Adam didn't, sometimes we don't trust what's really true about us, what God says about us. God says that we are his righteousness. God says that we are his child by grace through faith, not by works of righteousness that we've done. And in order to grow in this, you know, sometimes we, we just need to grow in this, grow in our understanding of this, and, and keep renewing our minds to the truth so that we can have this trust towards God that this literally is true of me. My outward circumstances some of the things that I do might not be reflective of the truth, but I need to keep going back to the truth. I need to keep pointing myself to the truth of the gospel, the good news of God's grace, so that I can grow in, in who I am in Christ. I am who I am in Christ no matter what, you know, because of God's grace. But if I want to have this trust, if I want to have this solid foundation it can't be based on what I do. It's all got to be based upon the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now, there are some times that we do things, again, that don't reflect who we are. And there's this, there's this idea out there that it's because, even as believers who have been made the righteousness of God, we have dueling natures. We have this righteous nature, sure, but we also have this sinful nature. And these two natures are battling it out within us. And that's a false idea. That's, that's a notion that came in part due to uh, some wording in the NIV, the, the New International Version, and not to knock that version at all, but at least 23 times the word sarx, which means flesh, was translated as sinful nature. One time it was translated as sinful human nature. And that has got a lot of people, Cap, believing that they have dueling natures, a sinful nature and righteous, and they're just battling it out all life long. Well, let's just step back from the trees here for a minute and think about this logically if we can. Uh, there's nothing wrong with trying to think logically. It, it doesn't always work and translate well into the spiritual things, but I think we can do that here. Uh, you simply can't have two natures within the inner man, within your spirit, one being holy and righteous, and the other being sinful. I think the Pharisees accused Jesus of something like that. But, you know, a house divided against itself can't stand. So I think, Joel, a lot of times people assume they have two natures because of the struggles they continue to encounter 
with the activity of sin that occurs outwardly. You know, our, our bodies haven't been redeemed yet. This world system hasn't been redeemed. And so we still have some of these things to, to deal with. Yet, as believers in Christ, we discover God exchanged death for life by taking away that sinful nature that was inherited from the first Adam and replaced it with the righteous nature and all the good things associated that we received from the last Adam, Jesus Christ, a brand new supernatural life. So it's true that in 2011, the NIV did make some revisions to that Greek word sarks, and a lot of them were changed. Not necessarily quite all of them, but a lot of them were changed to what almost every other English Bible interprets it as flesh. And just a couple of examples of the changes would be Romans 13, 14 and Colossians 2, 11. So in Christ, you and I are no longer partnered or identified or defined with a sinful nature anymore. We're not, we're not identified as sinners. We, as Peter said in 2 Peter 1, 4, he says that you and I, we in Christ, we are partakers of the divine nature. He didn't try to specify and say, well, it's kind of a combination here. It's almost, to me, Joel, it's a parallel between the old and new covenant. They, they can't be both in place at the same time. The house won't stand. So we were born of God within the spirit of our inner being, a new heart. The new heart is not the producer of sin. That's why, you know, the, the apostle John said that, you know, we in Christ, you, you can't sin, is, is what John said in so many words. He said, you, you can't sin. It's not that the action of sin can't occur, but the Christ in you, in your inner being, can't sin. And that's what John was referring to as your inward man. Yeah, the inward man. And that's what we've got to remember. That's who we are. We are not the flesh. The flesh is not who we are. And in fact, Paul says in Romans 8, 9, you are not in the flesh. So we're not the flesh. The flesh is not who we are, and we are not in the flesh, in Christ. It says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. So if you have received Christ by grace through faith, the Spirit of God dwells in you, and you are no longer in the flesh. Again, sometimes our outward actions may deceive us, so to speak. They make, may make us think that, well, there's something wrong with me. Maybe I'm not in Christ because I'm doing all this stuff. And then we have verses that are brought up in the church a lot, like Jeremiah 17 that says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And so we think when we commit a sinful action, we think, yep, my heart is deceitful and, and desperately wicked. That's why I did that. And, and how, can I, how can I even help this? I, I just can't overcome it. But, but Hebrews goes on to tell us, quoting the Old Testament, saying that, what, what happened was that we received a new heart and a new spirit. Now, that's our inward man. That's who we are. That's the reality of who we are in the spirit. We cannot sin, and that heart is not deceitfully wicked, but that heart is righteous and holy and has the mind of Christ and all of these good things that are true about us. And so uh, we can't go back and forth thinking, well, I'm this evil being, and at the same time, I'm this good, righteous, holy being. we got to remember that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We have a new heart. We have a new spirit. We are a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. And in the meantime, we're finishing out this life, living in these bodies that are, are corrupted and, and will fade 
to and, and will turn back to ashes and dust, awaiting this future day when we'll receive this new heavenly body. But in the meantime, it's it's just good to know that what God has done for us is that he has made us his righteousness. Yeah. So when Paul said the spirit of God dwells in us, that we because of that, we're not in the flesh, but we're in the spirit. That That's the reality of where we live. And before I came into a better understanding of grace, Joel, I, you know, when, when I was failing and not living up to expectations, what I thought God's expectations were or my own, um, I, I would, you know, and we addressed this recently, but sometimes people think they've got to confess all their sins and get forgiven all over again and start over. And that was my, my life for many years and I didn't understand the gospel. And so that, that was my routine. And I would get up from that confession and I would say, oh, boy, this is just another example. I would feel humbled. And I would say, that's just another example of, of uh, me just being a sinner. I'm just a sinner, just a sinner saved by grace. Uh, that's not in the Bible. And it's not even accurate. You're not a sinner in Christ. You're not defined that way. You're not identified that way. And God has equipped us with the ability to take on some of these outward failings and temptations that come our way. But don't be discouraged when things aren't going very well outwardly because inwardly we can be reassured and comforted and find grace to help in time of need. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.